everybody, Todd here, and welcome back to another Tools and Trends on Wellness Talks. I'm going to just jump right into the topic because this has been an ongoing topic given everything that's been going on in the world lately, and it just seems to be having more and more and more pressure. So I figured I would just jump right into the main trend, followed up, of course, with three ways we can deal with this. One of the most common themes for the last couple of weeks, but especially the last two weeks, probably with the holidays approaching, is this overwhelming sense of sadness, lack of energy, lack of motivation. Well, given what we've been dealing with this year, a lot of the coping mechanisms that we would typically use aren't available to us. Usually when we feel sad about something, we go and we hang out, we connect with people, we talk with people, we go for a walk. Maybe we, they come over and have a cup of tea. Well, right now with the social distancing, we can't do that. So one of the bigger questions then is, well, Todd, if this sadness has been going on forever, am I just simply depressed? Is this chronic depression or is this diagnosable depression? Well, it might be if you already were leaning in that direction or you've had a history of it, I wouldn't count that out. But sadness and depression aren't the same thing. Now, if you were to go strictly by the, the use of the DSM-5, which helps us to, to categorize what depression actually, do you have depression? What you would see is that we want it to be longer than six months. And then there's a whole other list of criteria. So if you think that it's ongoing chronic depression, then definitely get in and see somebody. Or if you're working with somebody like myself, ask me. And we can do an assessment, we can get into some of what's going on, and we can even give you different ways, other suggestions of how to handle this long period of sadness. But what I found more often than not, and even with myself, is that there is a certain sense of heaviness, of sadness, because we can't engage in the world in the way that we would like to engage. Some people get angry about this, but eventually it leads to, I, you try certain things, can't, it doesn't work. And that anger then gives way, that frustration gives way to sadness. And then with sadness, there's a certain heaviness. And with a certain heaviness, then we start to just not want to get out of bed. We start to procrastinate, don't even take a shower. And I've talked about different ways we can combat this. You can make sure that you keep a schedule. You can make sure that you get to bed on time. You can make sure that you take a shower. You have a specific place in your house to deal with the COVID-19 stressors that we're dealing with. The thing is, it's really disrupted how life used to be. And it's been going on now since March. And we know that it probably won't let up until April next year. I mean, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But this is that whole COVID fatigue that's all over the media. And it settles on us all in different ways. Sadness isn't necessarily depressed. Sadness is giving us an indication that things that we value, things that matter to us, we can't tap into right now, or we can't tap into them in the way that we used to tap into them. We have to get creative. We have to go outside of the box. And there's been a lot of that, and that's absolutely helped. So stick around as I walk through three more in-depth ways of dealing with this overall sense of sadness. And if you like what's been presented, don't forget to subscribe and click the bell for notifications. So let's just start by utilizing a really cool technique. It's called the photo book. 
You can do this on your cell phone. You can do this with an actual photo book. You can do this with a set of picture frames. But what I'd like for you to do is to imagine. So you pull up your cell phone and you're able to flip picture by picture by picture by picture. You're, you're flipping through the book. And I think you've noticed that there's a trend. There are times when you're smiling. There's a times when your face is flat. There's times when you're surprised. There may be a few pictures in there where you were sad. There may be times in there, pictures in there where you or people you were with were crying. Just keep flipping and notice that all of these are memories. All of these bring back memories. These are all from your past. These are all your thoughts. And you, you're the cell phone, you're the picture frame, you're the pages on the book as you turn. This is a great exercise just to be able to pull back. When we get stuck and we feel sad, we're probably in a memory. So one of the first things we can do is go, oh, this is a memory. I, I really wish I could do that, ah, but that's just not going to happen right now. And then from there, we can move into an openness skill. It can be a, a way to actually just begin to hold this memory, this thought more lightly. Is that even possible? Well, it's not a, really a matter of it's possible. It's whether you're willing or not. Emotions, they come and they go on their own. Thoughts come and go on their own. Physical sensations. You wake up one day, you have a sore or a kink in your neck. You have a sore th throat. You have a sore chest from working out the day before. The physical sensations come and go. And sometimes we have no idea why. Same thing with the emotions. They come and they go. Now, these memories, when these memories pop up, these photos from your photo book pop up, and you're really wishing, I could do this. I want to do this Thanksgiving thing. I want to do this Christmas thing. I'm not going to be able to do this. And you think of all these times, and you think of what you'll be missing. Can you hold that lightly, given the situation? Can you simply be like, what matters right now is my health, my safety, my family's health, my family's safety. I don't want to be responsible for getting something and passing it along to someone else and making them sick and possibly even killing them. Talk about a memory that I'm going to have to carry if that happens. I can prevent that, though. As long as I can remember that this is a memory, the sensations that are there, the depression, the sadness, is because I don't have access to something that actually matters to me. And I can hold that there and use this energy to try to connect in a way that is meaningful, that does matter. Here's a really great thing you can use over the holidays. I've used it with my own parents, and I think it's a, a really great exercise. You can steal this. Just simply go for your dinner. Set up a dinner time with that person, that those people. Have a screen, or if you have more than one, have a couple screens and connect it to a computer. And at the end of your dinner table, set up your dinner table. At the end of the dinner table, or near the end of the dinner, or the middle, wherever you want to do it for the perspective, put that screen there. And screen them in. Have them do the same thing. And have dinner together. This is a way that we can, if we can hold it lightly and not get pulled into it, we can then pivot towards what actually is missing. Why does this hurt? This hurts because I cannot connect. Well, how can I connect? How can I connect in a way that will be meaningful? And I hope that this idea helps. And finally, other ways that we can engage is to tap into your own internal library of wisdom, tapping into some wisdom. Think of somebody who has played a positive role in your life. That's, this is a memory again. So go through that flip book, see if you can find that person. 
lay out what it is that you've been struggling with. Take some time, even if you can, write down, this is what I've been struggling with. See if you can see what I've been struggling with. Won't be able to join everybody for the holidays. Then see if you can see what's the absence, the pain of absence, what's causing the pain. There's an absence of something. The, abs the pain of presence is I can't do this thing. But there's always a pain of absence. And that's what you're actually getting cut off from, a personal value. Connection, familiarity, camaraderie, joy, humor, whatever it is. And then from there, think of a person and what would they tell you? What would be their guidance to you? The wild thing is, they're not sitting here with you. You're actually pulling this pearl of wisdom from yourself. So as I think you can see, sadness is actually an indicator. It's, it's giving us some focus on what is missing. What's the pain of absence? Now, it's totally normal for us to feel a certain level of sadness and then go and escape from it, avoid actually thinking about it or do something, control the situation so that I don't have to sit here and pay attention to this aspect of myself, this sadness. But the sadness is trying to prompt me to pay attention and make sure that I connect, that I can do these things that I need to do, that I can move in a direction of personal value. I can do something that matters. So see if you can figure out what the memory is. Notice the memory. Notice that you're getting caught up in it. Hold it lightly and see what it has to tell you. Then give it a voice. Bring to mind somebody that you admire, somebody that you adore, somebody who's been there for you. And what would they tell you to do with that in that moment? And see what comes up. And if you come up with another really good idea, please be sure to post it down below. I do hope that you have a meaningful holiday season. And until the next time, may you be well. Hey, Wellness Talk viewers. Hope you like what you saw here. If you did, be sure that you subscribe right here. And of course, you can also follow up either here or here for other videos. Again, make sure that you subscribe and hit the bell in order to get notifications of new material.